0: I'm going to read the scripture today and I, I'm going to read the Ephesians passage last. So we'll skip that one, read the Genesis passage first. So in your bulletins, you can read along uh, with me. First one is from Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.26-28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Genesis 1.31 God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Genesis 2.19-20 Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And back up to the top, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we are dead in in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up With Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace, expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Howard
1: Brown, the senior pastor at Christ Central Church. And if you've been... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know that kind of stuff embarrasses me. But uh, thank you, Todd, for doing that. I'll get you back. No. Uh, uh, If you've been here for a couple months, you probably thought he, the senior pastor, he don't preach. Brother don't preach. Everybody else been preaching well. Definitely want to give our interns an opportunity to um, use their gifts, share the word with you. And um, we've been doing a summer series on the mission of the church, if you didn't know. And we've kind of broken it up into... Oh boy, I think three or four parts. I can't remember now. (laughs) Not that I started into it. And we've been talking about the mission of beautifying the earth, the mission God's people have to make things beautiful, to be beautiful. And um, today we're going to look at creativity. Mission, creativity. And uh, what do I mean by that? Creativity... uh, It's not the Webster's definition either. It was the Howard Brown definition. Um, You can find it right next to Wikipedia. Um, But uh, what do I mean? It's a God-given call to, to illustrate, to synthesize, to engineer, to imagine. And through those things, illuminate life and its meaning, and with it, our God to be artisans, to be artists, whether it's numbers you're using or clay or nails or people or notes or paint that we are working with to work and think and express ways to use the elements of this world in imaginative and functional and aesthetic ways to make things beautiful, to make things even a little extra. If you will, a little larger than life to, yes, for some of us be the crazy, eccentric artist type just to help us experience our world as our scripture says to experience how God created it. Good, which means right and well and sweet and bright and glorious. When God called the first humans to reflect His image by being fruitful and multiplying, caring for creation and subduing the earth, and caring for creation in each other, being like Him in it, it was a command for Adam and Eve and the descendant human race to engage in art and music and ingenuity and science and sociology and economics and government and construction. It was a call to be like He was, created. But now and now, in a fallen world, a broken world, suffering from a lack of beauty and a wrong use of creativity, wrong uses of creativity, God's people in particular, the church are called to make God's beauty and redemption known to this world Called to be creative, called to illustrate, called to illuminate. Three things we will explore today. First, creativity is God's creation. Secondly, creativity is God's gift to us. And finally, Creativity is God's way of calling to us. When we look at those Genesis passages, especially verse 1, the Bible teaches us here that creativity is God's creation. Now, I know you're not supposed to define with, you know, the word, with the word you're defining, but It fits when we talk about God because what we see here when we look at verse 1 in Genesis, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth is that he created everything out of nothing. The fancy way of saying that is ex nihilo. That means nothing was there, that this world and its colors and its natural laws and the expression of those natural laws had their very beginning in God. When he created the heavens and the earth, there was no paint, no brushes, no clay, no steel, no wood, no nails, no directions. The stuff that make us who we are and the stuff we take and make stuff out of have their very beginning in God. The other day I was reading an article they were talking about the findings of a Yale professor. I think his name is Willie Ruff. And, uh, professor of Afro American music at Yale, and he, who believes from his findings that some of the, uh, Negro spirituals and their kind of antecedent of uh, their African American hymn singing forms have their roots in Scotland. Huh? I grew up singing spirituals, you know. Scotland. I know it's hard because I'm a Presbyterian pastor and all, but I was mad. As a black man, I was mad. Scotland. I mean, I can't help but think we can't have nothing. (laughs) Right? I mean, we always got to be some European behind it, right? Just Scotland. Lord, we can't have nothing. But here's the point. God did not have to did not and does not have to footnote or share the glory of what he did with anything or anyone. God does not ask, right? Anyone or anything. He's not he is the original artisan. That means all artisans and artists and the creative in us comes from him. Which means that his creativity is the very pattern that we go by. When we think about how we use and create with color and words and and forms and functions and, and the engineering of elements and the many combinations of people and animals and resources that we manage, the things we do and take to create and illustrate and illuminate our world, understand that it is just the great imitation an expanded expression of the original. That uh, you know when you, you hear somebody uh, say, "Man, they trying to sing like Stevie," or you know you watch um American Idol, or oh, they trying to sing like Whitney, or something like that. You know, and 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 or they try they, they play like Jordan. You know, or, or we get harsh and say what they biting, right? They biting. Well, we all kind of. Imitating God. And that is the way we suppo- we're we supposed to be and will be even if you don't think so. We do what we do creatively in his pattern because he made you and me in his image. We are God-esque. And all we create regardless of what it is. I think about our, our, our artistic creativity and our ingenuity, how we make two things Go together to make a third thing and a different thing. Well, well look around. Look at nature. That isn't original. And you and I did not make the one and two things or even the hundreds of elements that go into all that we make and do and use. We did not make our emotions and our hands or our feet or our brains and our and the colors and light or even darkness. We when we do anything, we are expressing a God given given gift and privilege to imitate the Creator. I started playing the violin at an early age. And I remember the day my dad played in the symphony. He played violin and symphony plays other instruments, too. But I remember after some symphony concert, I went, Daddy, I want to play the violin, too. (laughs) I remember looking at me, "Okay," And I said, well, Daddy, you going to give me a toy violin or something? You know, he's like, no, son, you're going to get the real thing. And I just remember I just I just wanted to be like him. Right? I saw him doing it. I saw the symphony. I saw things going on and I saw myself doing it too. I wanted to imitate him. It was about mimicking him. As you read how the God of heaven made the earth, you and I should even be convinced that hip-hop ain't original to us. I mean, think about how God created the world with his deaf lines and rhymes. And, and like a crowd in a club, the elements couldn't resist moving to the powerful flow of his words. Sun and moon and sky and air and space move when he spoke. And now we've made an industry, an art form out of the elemental pattern that's his. You know, I love that show. Well, my wife loves that show, So You Think You Can Dance. (laughs) I watch it because, you know, I want to be with my wife. (laughs) We have DVR. We're so busy. We hadn't seen last episode or anything. And it's like, Kelly, come on. You want to watch it tonight? You need to so I can spend time with you. see how those young people move? And sometimes Kelly will be like, ooh, look at his body. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't help it. I'm looking saying, oh, brother, brother, look kind of, he moving, you know. I, the, but think about it. You know, I never say, look at her body. But anyway, <laughs> do it don't work that way. So not only though, think about it. Not only did God make the body to move like that, Have you seen the way the trees move in the rhythm of the breeze? Or the way the waves pop and lock and smooth on the shore? Or even the way the bird glides lifted by his partner, the wind? Or the love-making dances of the various species of animals? Dance, human dance is an imitation and creative expression of something inherently created by God. No, he didn't make the PC, but guess what? We're still trying to find something that, that's equal to the human brain, which is still the most most innovative information conductor known to man. You know, for all of you amazed by Stan Lee, I am, the Hulk and Spidey and Iron Man and all that stuff. I mean, think about plot and villains and heroes. I mean, In some sense, they're all even pre-fall concepts. When we think about his creation, that there was chaos and darkness and disorder that he makes, that he made into rightness and fullness. And so plot and character development are his to be mimicked in books and movies and short stories. We are mimickers of him and that is good and that is right. Just name me something. Show me something that has been made. And created by any of us. And I will show you. An imitation. Sometimes, yes, a glorious and incredible imitation. But yet, an imitation of the original. You see, creativity is God's gift to us. We read how Adam named the animals. And the Bible says, "We I don't... We didn't have it written here. That God uh, took a rib out of Adam and he made Eve, and he brought Eve to him. And he, I like to see it as he he spoke a a love poem over Eve. He says, "You will be called woman," before because you came out of man. He 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 spoke. Adam was given privilege by God to speak and name. This new creation that was like him in glory and honor and image, and then the Bible says, of course, he named the animals, and that's what it was. Y'all heard me talk about this. Rawr, tiger. Yep, definitely. Rrrr, dog. It just, you know, it, it was. He had to come up with all these things. I watch the Discovery Channel sometimes, the National Geographic. Think about the many names he had to come up with. Back then, the animals would come to you. You know, come on, lion. Lion comes over. King of the jungle. You know, it it was like that. It was like it's like a cartoon. Well, actually, Adam was a king of the jungle. You, You could be the prince or something. I don't know. But but what you realize is when he did it, it conveyed glory to them and humanity to him. I don't want you to miss that. It confirmed Adam's humanity. That's what he he was functioning and feeling in the way God made him to when he was being creative. Adam and Eve felt and knew humanity as they went out and were creative in the way God told them to be. The other day, I went down to Savannah to a church down there to do some consulting because now we have a successful church. Anyway, I knew y'all would laugh a little bit at that. I know it's kind of <laughs> corny. Pastor Brown, can you come, you know, help us? Yeah, right. Um, so I went down there. Nothing to do with the sermon, but I went down there and then I, I, I was driving back. You know, and I always pile up CDs, um, and sometimes the stuff I hadn't listened to in a while, so I had Whitney Houston's greatest hits. That's right. Go ahead, now that's. Oh the American Idol, if you try to sing Whitney, you can ask Kelly, "Oh Lord, I just want to pop the TV off. You know? They start I believe <laughs> You can't do Whitney. You know? I don't know how to share this. but it was a CD with the slower songs on it, the ballads. It made me feel like a scorned woman. You know, no, no. I've never hurt for loss or desire for a love affair with a man, no. But she said it so good. The words are so good I have my hands out. Didn't we have, almost have it all, right? I'm just thinking, you're all the man I need. I'm just like, and I'm driving and I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, oh my lord. What happened to me? You're all the man I need. No, what else. Here's the point. Here's the point. Art, creativity are given by God. So that we can feel and know the depths and lengths of our humanity, of humanity in general, to know our humanness, even that of another gender, to know each other. You know, we, we get a song or music that or music that tells a story. We're able to enter the world of that person or or, or some type of painting. You look and, and sometimes I look at a good painting and I'm there. You know, I'm like, man, I wish I was there. And you feel it, you can, you know, if there's a painting of a beach that's nice, you can hear the waves, you can feel the sand. And so what God is calling us to do is get in on the human experience. It's a gift to do that, to to know feelings and responses that, that we would not or could not. It, you know, it would escape us if it weren't for that song and that commercial or that great acting job. Y'all ever seen the movie The Ring? <clears throat> I don't recommend it. But I saw it. It's a horror movie. I think it's like a Japanese now made American horror film. It wasn't scary. If you just if I just tell you about this, if you watch this video, <clears throat> this young girl, who obviously died sometime in the past with this long hair, comes out of the TV and takes your life, right? Dumb, right? Yeah. I was scared, y'all. I went to bed that night. (laughs) Looking under the bed. It was the artistry of the filmmaker. You know, they filmed her walking backwards and then they moved it forward, so she was moving all weird. And then that sort of no instrument grinding, metal sound music, I was scared. I don't know why, it was silly. But I felt, right? I was human, and what's good about that? It made me know I wasn't the biggest baddest thing around, right? It's human. I'm vulnerable. Convince me. I'll be, albeit I'll through the imaginative story of a girl who needed a haircut and a bath, coming to kill you through a video showing I am human. I'm vulnerable. There are things out there that could take me out, which is that I'm not completely secure in and of myself and by myself, which, you know, when when you're in the bed and you're scared, you just, you got your wife, just hold on, you know? Kelly, get off me. I'm trying to sleep. I'm scared. Anyway, but, I mean, I I tell people, don't watch the Food Network when you're hungry. Shoot, boy. Cause you'll get hungry. Especially those diner ones with the fries and the burgers and all. And I, I'm just... Because it makes your taste buds uh, wake up to eat and taste food, good food to be full and satisfied and pleased and say, Good, that's human. To, to, and with each new texture and flavor to discover more of the corners of your God-created design. Some of you are artists and play instruments. And you know how you get in the zone of whatever you're doing? Whether you're an engineer or a construction person or whatever, you just, you get that feeling. It kind of, you go to another level, you paint, and you're like, whoo It's just that feeling. I, You know, sometimes I play my instrument, you get, like I play either the trumpet or violin, and you get those goosebumps, like, whoo, something feel good. You know, you, you hit that Vivaldi concerto, do-do-do, and yeah. Okay. And all creative things do that, whether you're creating ways for us to travel in the city or drive a car or live in a house or dance or sing or listen. It makes us human by calling our senses to make us know and feel and who and how God has called us to be art, music and engineering and human performances and sports and social system makings are designed to admit, for us to admit and know that God has made us. It is our mission to make the world feel and know their humanity good and rightly. Amanda talked about the note of school arts. I went by there the other day. I mean, kids jumping around and singing. I mean, those kids are growing up. Understand that they're growing in what it means to be human. They're singing about emotions maybe they don't have but are there and are true. Our own musicians, they're pretty good, you know. They could strum a couple of notes and boom, boom, hit a little drum or something. That's pretty good. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> but they help the truths of God. You know, our singers with their voices and their harmonies, they help the truths of God go in the deepest places to touch the deepest places of humanity. And it leads us to, to why else creativity is a gift to God. It helps us to feel and know his divinity, to know him. Scripture is telling us that creation 's inherent creativity and color and beauty color and beauty are beneficial to our humanists because they worship and they should worship and express the glory of the original artisan. When we look throughout scripture it, it 's all through y'all okay i can 't read all of them, um, especially when they were building the tabernacle where they worship God. God actually says, "Call out the artist." Get the gold makers. Get the painters. Get the people who can sew. Get the people who know how to work with wood. Get the people who know how to take that stuff and form it and make, and make shapes and, and, and all kind of stuff. And, and when we look at it and we look at the Psalms, God is calling His people to sing and design and paint and dance and synthesize and move for the glory of God. And then there is a result in good to humanity. You see, creativity helps us to feel and know God, his wonder, his character, his majesty, his unpredictable aesthetic acts, his his strength to tell and illustrate even the story of God with creation. And and what it does is it it calls us, it it paints or or plays us right into the plot line. And and there we are with God and and, and we can feel and know him in ways we've never known him because the guitar played it the right way or, or, or the image there did it for us. We were and are called to be like the priests of the Old Testament, to, to bring caption to, to what God is doing, uh, to, to, to take his words and, and, and facing God with his beauty and his works and words. And this is what the priest would do. He would go in and he would talk to God and, and God would speak to him and, and to the prophets as well. And then they would take what they know and see about God and then they would turn to the world. And, and in our creativity, God is calling his people to be like priests. To go to God, to look upon Him, to open the Scripture, to read the story of His grace, to, to learn about Him, to, to allow His glory to shine on you and in you. And then you turn to the world and you illustrate it or you write it or you play it or you live it in ways that are glorious to Him and beneficial to others. And what that means as we read about worship and creativity in the Bible is that we... Especially those of us who are artists. We in NOTA and this the arts community and all of that. Some of y'all work for the bank, but you're paying on the side. You know, that kind of thing. You call to worship God with your stuff. Whether you know it or not. Whether you believe it or not. To some degree... You know, if you're an artist, especially when you have those kind of high emotions and and high color and high elements and high things happening that are kind of larger than life, you're even that much more responsible for how you portray and lead us to God in it. Lead us into worship of God rightly in it. And it's a heavy responsibility. Help us to see and taste and hear and touch and believe and feel the glory of God. But there's some bad news here. As we read further in this creation story, we find that there was something else that is original to the way we create. Sin. Original sin. That the original man and woman broke away from God and now we all are now forever alienated from the original artisan God. And here's what's sad, you look around at creations, creativity, what we create can now be exploitative, pornographic, and the opposite of his design purpose of good. In our creativity, some of us have grown gratuitous and, and fat and madly insane through creativity. We've lost our ability to love each other and God through it with fallen and stray imaginations. We have used our God-given creativity to develop ways to hurt each other, to, better ways to kill each other, better ways to trick each other, and even to hate God. And the fact is sin has put, I want you all to hear this, especially you artists, sin has put an unnatural limit on your creativity. That's right. You are not as creative or good as you could or should be if you're alienated from God. He's the pattern, right? He's the creator, right? So what makes you think that you aren't limited if you're alienated from Him? Our alienation from God makes for a poorly illuminated, mediocre, out of tune, faded and whack world where it's hard to feel and know God like we're supposed to. And that is not good. But here the good news. The original artisan, the Lord, is still being creative, right? We may have lost our creativity, but he is not. He still is putting out good work. And by it, he's calling us back to beauty, the beauty that we've, that we've lost, the hope we've lost in being creative. Look at the scripture in Ephesians with me once again. Ephesians 2nd chapter. See if I can find it now. Bear with me as we go through this and hear the words. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions. Remember the bad news I talked about and sins? in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, the ruler of this kingdom, the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we, hear this now, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does this mean in our story of creativity? That now through Christ, God is offering a redemption so that we can, as it says, do good work. Some of y'all are doing some sorry work. It's falling short and being glorifying the God because the, the grace element is missing and it says to do good works again. Now what does this mean in part? It means he is giving a fire. For creative burnout and renewing of our creative juices. Jesus brings what we should imitate in view with clarity. We, we can now once again see and believe in beauty through Jesus to in heart and mind and purpose to think and do and create and enjoy what was once impossible. And not to sound like sound of music, but to dance an impossible dance, Right? To paint, or sculpt, or play an impossible piece, to to engineer an impossible thing, to solve an impossible puzzle, because of what Jesus does in us—the impossible acts of a world and life-changing, beautiful God-esque creativity through you and me—is possible because of the grace of God at work in you. Other day I was—we just got an addition put on our house, and contractors are finishing up. We now have a purple house. It was a mistake, sort of. I picked the color. You think it looks good, Odette? That's nice, because you got the bungalow beige. You look, you fitting right in with the rest of Charlotte. Yeah, I know it's good to be colorful, Odette. I tried to tease you about your bland house, but it didn't work. My house is still purple-ish, lavender-ish. But as I watched the contractors work, and man, they inspired me. <laughs> I went out there. Well, it's crazy because they're all doing it. And I went out there with my piece of wood. Stop. Got to take a break from writing the sermon just cut a of piece of wood. <clears throat> Jesus was a carpenter. <clears throat> Ooh, crooked line. You know, it just. What's my point here? It's not a funny story. It's a true story. But <laughs> I want you to get this right. Jesus, contrary to popular belief, is not just trying to inspire you. Inspiring you doesn't work. Yesterday I went to Tomas Barron's party. You know I had had pin the tail on a donkey? Well, Dave Barron's of Dave Barron's painting. <laughs> Painted a lion. Like drew a lion, pinned the tail on the lion. I was inspired. I'm gonna try that at my kids' party. Why are you shaking your head? No. I can outpaint you, dude. No. But God's Jesus' is not trying to inspire us. Right? Oh, I feel like I can do it. I heard the sermon, yay, beauty, nature, let me run out and be beautiful and God glorifying and, and, and pleasing to God and humanity. No, I am not calling you, the scripture is not calling you to be creative with God, only being as some sort of example, some sort of inspiration. You know why? You can't hang. That's right. You just like the, me with them carpenters. Oh man, God's creation is so beautiful. I think I'll go paint something. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <clears throat> no. This is, we're talking about more than this. You, Jesus is not just the inspiration of creativity. He is the very instrument of our creativity. The text is saying that He is the workman. Right? He is the artisan that Jesus is shaping and guiding and coloring and ordering our, li- in our, our lives in ways that are unexpected and unimaginable and glorious. See what's going on here is in Christ God is making us beautiful like Jesus is beautiful, like only a careful and caring and thoughtful and creative artisan can, man. When I went out there in my wood and did it crooked, the next time I went to cut a piece of wood, what happened, y'all think? The the contract look, like, Howard. Let me help you, man. Pride. Ego. Okay, go ahead. You know, <laughs> Jesus is at work in your lives. He's the artist. I mean, look at your lives. Look how he changes you. Look how he takes all the elements that life can offer... And he throws a relationship here and a church here and with it a disappointment here and a person the one we least expected here and moved to this a move to this city here and into this job here and sometimes it was that song or that scripture or a movie or a meal or a weird happening. And the Bible says in Romans that he takes all of those things to work together, even using all of life's scrapes and scraps to like any great piece of artistic work to use those things to awaken and open over- Open your senses and my senses to his presence and his love for you. You ever recognize that no two people come to Jesus the same way? I love to hear the stories. You know, how did you come to the Lord? Well, I think I told you all my story. In eighth grade, I was failing algebra. That's how mine starts. Some of yours start differently. One day I was sitting down eating a hot dog. Or one day you know, I got in a wreck or one day my doctor said to me or one day my child didn't call or one day this happened or, you know, it's a different beginning and different elements that come to make it. And I want you to recognize how creative the Lord is being with your life. We have a good friend of ours, Dr. Regina Perry. She's a professor of folk art. Um, I don't know where she's teaching now. She was at Virginia, Commonwealth or something. Don't quote me on it. But, man, you go to her house. We went to her house in Richmond. Y'all, you're talking 3,000, 4,000 maybe square feet of folk art, Right? And she'll tell you the story behind every piece. We're looking at this this um, incredible uh, dining room furniture, the china closet, the chairs, and they have these big giant lion or dragon heads on it. She goes, yeah, I was just traveling down the, in the street and down this uh, road south, in the south, and somebody was putting this on the side of the road. Really? She's like, I picked it up, got somebody to shave it up a little bit, do some things, and look. I mean, every piece of art has a story, but this one I remember... More than any other one. The chewing gum sculptures, y'all. Okay? I looked over, saw some sculptures. I'm like, those are really good. But they look too familiar. She's like, there's a lady, an old lady in nursing home, and she takes chewing gum, and she makes sculptures out of them. I was like, chewing gum? You I mean the stuff that makes me say very unchristian things when I step on it, when I get out of my car at Target? <clears throat> you know, yes. The stuff if you're at a restaurant and you accidentally boo, oh God. You know, that gum? Jesus has been sent to reach under the tabletops and on the streets, and scrape up broken and worn and nasty lives, and make it work for beauty and good, your beauty and your good. It is safe to say Jesus is the world's number one folk artist, because he takes the worst folk in the worst situations. And makes them and what they do acceptable to God. And now this world, this life, your life because of Jesus' good work is never throw away. Never too ugly. Never too plain. You and I are called the handiwork of God. The intimate, hands-on, ongoing mold and craft of his pleasure. And now, those called and made And known beautiful, no beautiful because of Christ, display hope and love and grace in print, in elements, in food, in music, in organization, in dance, in our everyday worship, to be about the mission of creativity given because of a creative God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are the creative God. And Lord, yes, we can look at creation and say it's your greatest work. But Lord, you've taken us, our lives, messed up, broken, tainted. We've even tried to destroy it. And you've taken us and you've reformed us and you've reshaped us. We are your work. You are the workmen shape us, mold us. And as you do, change us so that we can be creative in ways that are glorifying and beautiful and wonderful and amazing to you and beneficial to those around us. Send us on that mission because of the grace of Jesus Christ alone. We pray.
0: Amen. Amen.